Jessica, you can go with Miss Loretta if you want. I mean, uh, with Jackson if you want to. Or you can stay here. Pick something, though. Good morning, everybody. <clears throat> okay. Let's pray real quick for our service. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you this morning. Just thank you for this opportunity just to open your word, just to hear from you, Lord, and hear from more, more about more people that 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 uh, met with you and and then gave their lives to you, Lord, and they followed you, Lord. And just I ask you, just help us, Lord, get through this lesson today, Lord, and let us just maybe hear something that that we can understand and and we can pl- apply to our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. All right, well, we're still going through those people that followed Jesus because <clears throat> the world would have you believe that it was only his apostles that followed him, but there are so many more, and, and they were so important, yet they may be only mentioned a few times in the Bible. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so we're going to start off here, and uh, let's go to Colossians chapter 4, verse 15. Colossians chapter 4, verse 15. Pastor? Would you mind there's more lessons here for people that didn't get them? <coughs> oh, there you go, Mark. Mark's awesome. Mark's the lesson passer router now. Yep, he got it. He got it. <coughs> okay, in Colossians chapter 4, in verse 15, the Bible says, Salute the brethren which are in uh, Laodicea, and Nymphus, and the church which is in his house. Okay, so we see a guy named Nymphus here. Paul introduces us. Paul introduces us to Nymphus, uh, and we see we know that he's a Christian, he, and he's in Laodicea, and and Paul instructed those those the Colossian church to pass his greetings on to the to the Laodiceans, uh, including those Christians that met in Nymphus' home, and we see this that. Nympha's home, and we've seen that in other followers of Christ during this time. It was very important that they met in homes because during New Testament times, meeting in somebody's house was a common practice for the new church. And, and why do you think that is? Because it's not like Houston. We don't have a, a, a church on every corner. Okay, There were no churches. The church was just beginning. Every church that started during New Testament times was a newly planted church. It wasn't an old established church, okay? And, and those churches didn't have congregations, and they didn't have buildings. They didn't have established buildings and churches. That's why we met in people's houses, okay? In the New Testament, remember, we, we've talked about this. It mentions other peoples besides, besides Nympha who, who allowed the early church to meet in their homes. And if we look back, we remember uh, Mary, the mother of, of John Mark, he, she had a church in her house in Jerusalem, and that was in Acts twelve twelve, and then uh, Lydia, she was a merchant in Philippi. We talked about her. She had a, a church in her home, and Priscilla and Aquila, they had a church in their house. Uh, Philemon and uh, Aphia, they had a church in Colossae in their house, 
And there was also uh, Titus possibly had a church in his house in Corneth. Okay, and we we see that all through the Bible. So imagine today if we had no building to come meet at. Okay, we didn't get to drive to two two eleven Brand Lane and go to church. Right, we had to meet in somebody's house. Okay, so think about it. All these people that are in this church today would have to meet in somebody's house. Would you be that person that would open your house to them? Because I know you just like Claudia. Claudia's looking right now, watching us, going, "Mm mm." Not my house. It's too dirty. Kids get to cleaning. And that's the way we would be, you know. Not my house. You've got to be crazy. But they didn't care because it was all about meeting and worshiping God, okay? And, and you can see, as, as Paul sat in a Roman prison cell, which is where he wrote this from, he, he wrote the epistle of Colossians, and he sent out, he sent out three greetings. One to the Colossian believers and, and who were the recipients of, Paul, of this letter of Paul, and, and one to the believers that led Laodicea, which was, uh, which was close, close by Colossae. They were real close. And, and one to this guy, Nympha, and the church that was in his house. Okay? We don't know much about him except he was a Christian that opened his home to the bu- building of an early church. And, and we don't know much more about him. Like I said, we know he's faithful. He was devoted to Christ. And he was devoted enough to open his home. And just think about that. You, we hear about that. Like I said, we've seen a couple instances of that. But that's the way all the new churches started. They didn't plant a church over here and then go rent a storefront from the Roman Empire. No. <clears throat> they met in, in each other's homes. And another reason for that is because, remember, this is all during persecution. Christians are being still being drugged into prison. You know, they're, they're being beaten, and, and, and they're not liked by the Jews or the Greeks. Okay. So we're going to look at another guy. That's the same. We're going to go in Colossians. <coughs> Excuse me. Still in chapter 4. And we're going to see that Paul introduces us to a name, uh, a guy named um, Archippus. And he was only mentioned twice in the Bible, but he was obviously a part of the ministry of the early church. And we're going to look at that. And Colossians 4.17 says, And say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. Let's read that again. Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. That is, that is a very telling verse for this man. Okay? Very telling. He's only mentioned a couple times, but here we see that Paul sends this message to do what? He's trying to encourage or keep us, Right? To do what? To complete the ministry that the Lord has given him. Archippus was a young man who, who, like I said, it doesn't tell us exactly what he did, but we know that he had some sort of ministry at the church at Colossae because that's where he was at, okay? Let's look at uh, Philemon chapter 1. Philemon, actually the only chapter Philemon. Philemon, and let's look in verses 1 and 2. And the Bible says, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer, and to our beloved Aphia, and, here it is, Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house. Okay, so what are we talking about? We see here that Paul is writing to the household of his close friends, Philemon, and his wife was Aphia, and their son, Archippus. 
the church of Colossae met in their house. Okay, so the father, the wife, and the son all have part of the ministry. And we don't know much more about Akipas other than he was a Christian in the early church. He was granted some ministry from the Lord. That's what he told us. God gave him a ministry. And, it, and, the, and Paul says that he soldiered for this faith. You know, when you think about a soldier, a soldier isn't, you know, all roses and, 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 and uh, you know, ice cream. It's hard to be a soldier. You know, they train hard. They live hard, and when they go to war, they fight. And he was, he was mentioned as a soldier for the faith. So whatever, he, whatever his ministry was, he was fighting hard for it. He worked hard for it. And Paul was encouraging Agrippus. That's what we saw. And his family. He, and he's encouraging them to complete the ministry. And we, we've heard about that in the Bible. Run your race. Run your race to the end. And that's what he, he, Paul's telling him. He's telling Agrippus to complete the ministry that God has given him. And that's exactly what we need to do. Complete the ministry that God gives us. Okay? And we know we're not all pastors and not all teachers and not all evangelists, but we're given some place in the ministry. We're part of a family, and we're part of a body, and the body has different members. We've learned this, okay? And, and think about your life. Where has God given you a ministry? Now, what are you doing with it? Are you completing it, or are you just not putting much effort into it? Okay? Because through your ministry, others will get saved. So if you don't complete your ministry, there's people that will probably die and go to hell. So think about that. And that's what Acrippus was. He was given a ministry, and he was supposed to... <coughs> sorry. He was supposed to complete that ministry. And he was a soldier, so I'm sure he did. So let's look at some more. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Second <coughs> Timothy chapter 1. <coughs> verse 5. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 5 says... When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, okay, this is Paul talking to Timothy, which dealt, dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. So what are we seeing here? Well, there's only one mention of Lois and Eunice in the Bible, and here it is. And they were the grandmother and mother of Paul's uh, young companion, Timothy. Okay, so we see that Paul was in his second letter to Timothy. He mentions the faithfulness of these women while they were raising Timothy. They raised Timothy with such a devout and fervent faith that they instilled that faith into Timothy. And that's what we're supposed to do. It's exactly what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to teach our children. And that's what they did. The grandmother and the mother. Okay, <clears throat> now, um, like I said, they, Paul commends them for having this strong faith, and they instilled this into Timothy. It doesn't say anything about his father, though. Okay, and think about our homes. How many, either the, the, the husband goes to church and the wife doesn't, or the wife goes to church and the husband doesn't, or the grandparents go to church and the, other, the son and daughter don't, but there's grandchildren and there's children. Teach them teach them instill that faith and that's exactly what paul's commending here and let's go to acts chapter 16 verse 1 <coughs> acts 16 verse 1 <coughs> excuse me 
So we're going to learn a little bit more about Lois and Eunice and, and Timothy. So Acts chapter 16, verse 1 says, the Bible says, Then he then came he to Derby and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewish, Jewish, and believed, but his father was a Greek. So what are we talking about? We're talking about Eunice here, right? So Eunice was a Jewish Christian. She married a Greek man. Okay? Think about our marriage today. How, much, how many of us marry, and it talks about being unequally yoked. You marry somebody that maybe say they're a believer, they made a profession, but they're really not. You know, or maybe they don't even want anything to do with God. But they still marry anyway. And this is what we see here in this relationship, in this marriage. <clears throat> well, we see that um, because she married a Greek man, this would explain why Timothy was not circumcised. Okay? Because all Jewish boys were circumcised. His mother was Jewish, but his father was Greek. So the father is not going to go by Jewish tradition of circumcision. Okay? It was the responsibility of Jewish fathers to make sure this right of passage happened to their sons, right? And, and since Timothy's father was Greek, he didn't care about circumcision. Doesn't mention him in the Bible, so we can probably assume that he didn't care about Christianity either, okay? So he would not have followed this custom. But let's look at in Acts chapter 16, verse 3. <clears throat> so drop down two verses, and it says, the Bible says, Him would Paul have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him, because of the Jews which were in those quarters, which means in those regions around there. For they knew all that his father, they knew all that his father was a Greek. So what happened here? Here's Paul. Timothy's a Christian. He's been taught by his mother and his grandmother all his life. He's, he's, he's following Paul. He's helping Paul in the ministry. And Paul went and had Timothy circumcised, okay, before they began their missionary trip. Now, why was that? Because they were going to mission, they were going out on a missionary trip to Jews, and Jews weren't going to listen to this guy because he wasn't circumcised. They're going to go, he's not circumcised. Why should we listen to him? So he did that so the Jews would listen. Okay? And Paul and Timothy's, I'm good with it. Let's go. Whatever we got to do to serve this ministry. And he did it, right? So let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 17. <coughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. <coughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 says, For this cause have I sent unto you Timothy, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. I like those words, everywhere in every church, not some places in a few churches. Paul went to everywhere, and everywhere he went, he went to every church. Even if they weren't doctrinally correct, he went in there and taught, and we've seen that. But that's just a side note. So we see here, uh, Lois, and you, Lois was either Eunice's mother or mother-in-law, doesn't really say, but we know she's a grandmother. And the fact that she helped raise Timothy may indicate that Timothy's father, maybe he had died or that the family, you know, or that they lived together and he just didn't care. 
about Christianity. He didn't care about any part of it. He was not part of it. And, and it was not common in that day, those days, right? Um, but it was possible that the father had died while Timothy was young, and that's why the mother and grandmother lived together. And that's why they raised Timothy, okay? But Paul still takes on that fatherly role with him. He calls him my son. And that's maybe an indication that, that Timothy's father was not around. He's raised by a mother and a grandmother that taught him about Christ. Paul took on that role and called him my son, okay? He refers to him as my true son in faith, okay? And that could indicate that maybe while Timothy was young, Paul was there. You know, maybe Paul preached and Eunice and, and Lois heard that preaching from Paul, okay? But they were tied together there. So let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. <clears throat> we're going to look at verses 14 and 15. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. And the Bible says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Let's read that one more time. And that from a child, think about our kids, from a child thou hast have known the Holy Scriptures. So from a child, if we would have taught our children the Holy Scriptures, those Scriptures are what would make them wise unto salvation and bring them to the faith in Jesus Christ. How many of us have failed that? We haven't taught them every day since they were a child. We'll wait till they're older and we start taking them to church, okay? We're failing, right? So we see, but we're talking about Paul here and, and Timothy. We're talking about, Paul again tells us of Timothy's godly upbringing, that he was t taught about Christ from a child. And he tells us that Timothy's godly mother and godly grandmother, Eunice and Lois, they taught him the Jewish scriptures from infancy. So they were religious maybe before they became Christian, Right? They, they taught him the Jewish scriptures before, from infancy, from the day he was born. And, and they, along with Timothy, they received Paul's teaching. So Paul came through there on a missionary journey, was teaching about Christ. Eunice heard it. Lois heard it. Timothy heard it. They got saved. Okay, but that foundation was built from infancy. Okay? And, and they, he taught them about the Messiah, and he continued to, tra to train young Timothy because he took him in as an apprentice, right? He called him my son, okay? And he taught him things about Christ. The Old Testament is all about Christ's coming, and he knew all that. So when Christ came and Paul taught him about it, he already knew it. He said, this is the Messiah, okay? And Lois and Eunice are examples of, of the powerful influence a mother and grandmother can have in a young man's life. And I know Chris could attest to this, how many young men we meet that go to jail because they don't have a father figure and their mother's not doing anything for them. They're just running the streets, okay? Well, these two didn't do that. Um, you know, they, they, many people tell us about their mother or grandmother who took them to the church. Maybe they taught them, you know, right from wrong. Maybe they prayed for them every day. But did those kids listen? Hopefully. You know, Paul recognized that the life-changing contributions that these two women, in a, in a day when women were rarely mentioned, you know, they were, they were rarely mentioned by name, but the Bible 
records their names. It brings them honor, but it's not because of what they did. It's because the impact they had by teaching their son and grandson, Timothy, about Jesus Christ, okay? <clears throat> so much so that he eventually, Timothy gets over there and he travels with Paul, and, and he becomes a pastor of the church at Ephesus. So this little boy that was taught Jewish tradition, then taught Christianity, got saved through the preaching of Paul, later becomes a pastor. What a great road, huh? How many of us wish our, our children would grow up like that, right? So we see, we're talking about Lois and Eunice here. They, 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 we should do like they do. We should, we should, all Christian mothers and Christian grandmothers should in, influence their children, their, their grandchildren. And we're reminded that, that their godly influence has an eternal impact on that child, okay? And it has an eternal impact of the lives of that, that child reaches. Think about it. Timothy, how many lives did he touch? You know, now think about a grandmother and a mother that, that don't teach their children about God. Those children grow up, and what impact do they have at all for God? None. In fact, quite the opposite, right? Because they live with their father, Satan, on this world. And that's, that's not what Lois and Eunice did. They had an impact on Timothy's life, and we can see it because, you know, we can read about Timothy all through the Bible, right? So let's look at another one. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 1. <clears throat> Excuse me. Second <clears throat> Timothy chapter one and verse sixteen and eighteen. Sixteen through eighteen. <clears throat> the Bible says, The Lord give mercy unto the house of uh, Onsiphorus, for he oft refreshed me, and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. And the Lord, the Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day and in how many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus. Thou knowest very well. So we see a guy named uh, Osiphorus. Osiphorus, or Onsiphorus, um, was a personal friend of Paul's. And it says here, as you read, he had a great blessing on him. Okay? And, and Osiphorus lived up to his name, which means bringing profit, bringing profit, okay? So Onsiphorus is only mentioned twice in the Bible, and, and both times are in the book of 2 Timothy. <clears throat> and here we see that Paul commends Onsiphorus uh, for how he served him while he was in prison. Remember we talked about last week, oh, Demas was there while Paul was in prison, and then what did Demas do? He just took off. He just didn't show up again, remember? He abandoned Paul. Well, this is not Onsiphorus. He did not abandon him. Let's look at 2 Timothy, excuse me, chapter 4 and verse 19. Chapter 4, verse 19. The Bible says, <clears throat> Salute Priscilla and Aquila and the household of Onsiphorus. Here we go. Salute the household of Onsiphorus. So at the end of this book of 2 Timothy, Paul sends greetings to Onsiphorus' household. And, and these two places in 2 Timothy tells us all we know about Onsiphorus. We don't know much except for these two, two mentions, right? But we know some things. We know that he was from Ephesus, where Paul, was, where Paul had founded a church, right? We know his whole family were Christians because it talks about his household. And we know that he helped Paul in many ways while he was in prison and while he was out of prison. And, and Paul wrote 2 Timothy while he was in a prison cell. 
So he was writing about this guy in his household while he was in prison, but he was still there helping him, right? Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. <coughs> 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 says, the Bible says, This thou knowest, that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me, of whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. Okay, so we see here that Paul's having a difficult time, right? And it's made more difficult because friends that he trusted abandoned him when he was in prison. You know, as soon as he got put in prison, they were like, uh, later, Paul, we don't want to be there with you. But not this guy on Cyphrus. He was still there. He was still serving Paul. And that's a stark contrast to these deserters, right? Onesiphorus stayed with Paul through the thick and through the thin. He was there, right? He was serving Paul, but he was also serving Christ, okay? In fact, Onesiphorus went out of his way to track, to track Paul down and visit him in prison. And in doing so, Onesiphorus showed great personal courage. Just think about this time. It's not like if we had, uh, you know, Brother Larry gets put in prison. Yeah, okay, we can go visit him. But we wouldn't be at any peril going and visiting him. These days and times, yes, they were. You've got a great preacher of, of Christ in prison. You don't think they're going to be seeing who come visits him? Those are going to be targets for the Roman government, targets for the Jews, because they're all trying to suppress Christianity this time, right? <clears throat> and, and, but it didn't stop. He didn't stop him. That dangerous to his own, own, to his own well-being didn't stop on Cyphorus. He showed that great personal courage, and he, he, he went to Paul even while he was in, 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 in prison, right? He had compassion for Paul, and he, he had a, a, a strong faith for serving Christ. And probably Onesiphorus considered that he owed maybe Paul a great debt, right? Because the church at Ephesus was a product of Paul's um, third missionary journey. And, and if not for Paul's faithfulness in preaching the word of God, Onesiphorus would not have heard the gospel. So maybe he owed him something. He's like, I owe Paul something because he brought the word of God to me. Without him, he would not have got saved. His household would not have got saved. And today, his, him and his household are in heaven because of Paul's preaching. And what was preaching? Paul, what was Paul preaching? Preaching the word of God. So he had a great gratitude toward him because he was the first one that told him about Christ. Okay? And Osiris was determined to be a blessing to Paul and to serve Christ the rest of his life. So his name gets mentioned in the Bible, okay? And he actually, he actually accomplished all of this by refreshing. Remember we read about it. He, he, Paul said he refreshed him and he encouraged him while he was imprisoned. And you think about it. Paul's in prison, facing the death sentence. A bunch of the people that were with him left. So how does that make Paul feel? Yet here's Onesiphorus. He never left and he never hid the fact that even though Paul was an inmate, he was still his friend. He was still there. How many of us would do that for somebody? You know, would we turn our back on them? You know? And, and any physical or emotional blessings that Onesiphorus could impart on Paul would still fall short of how much spiritual blessings he had received from Paul. Okay? So Onesiphorus had some gratitude there, right? And because of the mercy Onesiphorus showed... We see that, we, as we just read, Paul prays for mercy to be shown to him. Okay? So let's look on in some more here. Let's look at 2 Timothy 
chapter 4, verse 10. <clears throat> Second Timothy, excuse me, guys, chapter 4, verse 10. And the Bible says, For Demas, there he is, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. We, read, we talked about him last week. But here's a guy, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Crescens, Crescens, right? Crescens is only mentioned one time in the Bible. One time. But his name's there, forever recorded, right? And Paul identifies him as a Christian who is out spreading the gospel of Christ and doing the work of the early church. It's exactly what he's doing. But he's only, he only, he, the only mention of him is that he sent him to Galatia where Tide, and while Titus was sent to Dalmatia. So Demas abandoned him. But Paul says, but I got these two. I got Christians going to uh, Galatia and, 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 and Titus going to Dalmatia. Okay? So Galatia, what is it? Well, Galatia was a Roman providence in the early church. Okay? And, and today it is a, a part of modern-day Turkey. And the book of Galatians was written to the churches in this area. Galatia, Galatians, everybody understand that? Okay. So the churches at Antioch, Icarnium, Lystra, and Derby, those were the churches that were in this area. And these were found in Paul's first missionary journey. That's where he mentioned, that's where he went. Well, Cretans was sent by Paul to continue to build and strengthen these early churches. Paul went through and planted these churches and built these churches and got them started, but now he's locked up in prison. So what did he do? He says, Christians, I trust you enough. You go back to these churches, and you continue to build them. Okay? And that's exactly what he did. He sent them to build these early churches, to continue building them. And, you know, obviously he did. Let's look at another guy. Let's look at 2 Timothy 4.13. 2 Timothy 4.13 says, The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee and the books, but especially the parchments, but especially the parchments. So who are we talking about? He's talking about a guy named Carpus, okay? Another guy that we see is only mentioned one time in the Bible by Paul, one time, okay? But it's a big one time, right? It's obvious that he was a Christian who had some capacity in serving in the early church. He had something there because Paul was dealing with him. When we see Paul had been at Troas, again, Troas is in modern-day Turkey, okay? Uh, he was on a missionary journeys. He was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and planting churches, right? Well, Carpus may have been there, and he may have been there, and he heard the preaching of Paul, and he got led to Christ by Paul. We're not exactly told all of this, right? But Paul trusted Carpus, okay? He trusted him enough to leave him serving in a local church there, right? He left him there to continue serving. He left him in Troas, and he left with him his cloak and his book and his parchments. So you wouldn't do that if it wasn't somebody you trusted, right? Um, and these were probably left with Carpus so Carpus could continue reading and continue studying. And possibly, remember, we didn't just go down to Walmart and buy another Bible, okay? They had to handwrite them. Well, if Carpus was there in this church trying to help build this church, maybe he was making copies of the Word of God so they could continue to be, continue to be preached from in that area around Troas. 
You know, Paul may have left them and said, okay, make you some copies. You know, but then Paul says, hey, bring those back now, right? And imagine, imagine if you were back during this time, during the early church, and you were trusted to hold on to the original, these originals, the original parchments which held the word of God. How much trust would you have to have? Okay? That would be pretty pretty earth-shattering, right? These, this is the early parchments which helped establish the early church, right? And yes, Carpus may have mentioned only once, but he had to be pretty important to be able to be trusted by Paul with that, with the Word of God, the originals, okay? So let's look at some more people. And these people, we're going to read them together and uh, help me with the names, but here we go. First one. Let's Well, let's just read the Verse first, first, uh, second Timothy four twenty one, second Timothy four twenty one, and see if I can get through these ver- uh, these names. Second Timothy verse uh, chapter four verse twenty one says, "Do thy diligence to come before winter." Here's the name, uh, Eubulus, greeteth thee, and Pudens, and Linus, and Claudia. And all, all the brethren. Good thing I knew how to say the last one, huh? So in Second Timothy chapter four twenty one, we see four more people that are mentioned by Paul in his letter to Timothy, and and they're only mentioned one time again. These people are only mentioned one time in the Bible, but we know that they were Christians serving in some fashion. They had some part of the ministry of the early church. And if we look at history, we may more learn a little bit more about them. Now, this guy, Eubulus, uh, uh, and, and Pudens, and Linus, okay? They are all listed as becoming bishops in the church in Rome after the apostles left those churches. So they're all listed in history as being part of those early churches after the apostles left. They stayed there serving in those churches, right? And it's recorded that Eubulus uh, traveled with uh, Adrian of Batina uh, to visit and minister to the Christian congregation at Caesarea, okay? And upon the arrival at the gates, they were asked uh, their purpose and, and told the truth for which they were immediately imprisoned by the guards. They're like, why are you coming to our city? We're coming to preach the word of God. Okay, arrest them. Think about that. That's the times they're living in, right? So they're arrested, and, and history says that that uh, under the orders of Governor uh, Philip Firmamon, uh, says they were tortured. Uh, Adrian was thrown to a lion at the amphitheater. Remember, that was where they used to throw the Christians to, so they could uh, have entertainment instead of going to watch a movie. Let's go to the amphitheater and watch Christians get ate up by lions. That's what happened to this guy, okay? Uh, says the lion mauled him but didn't kill him. That's nice. Uh, but then Adrian was then killed by a sword. Somebody went out there and stabbed him. Probably had one of the Roman soldiers do it. Uh, and then the history says that two days later, the ju- judge who, con- who, who condemned Eubulus to the same fate, he offered him a, a, an opportunity to go free if he would sacrifice to an idol. So here's a Christian. He said, if you'll sacrifice to this idol, we won't throw you out there with the lions. And then if you survive the lion, we won't stab you with a sword. Okay? Eubulus refused. And they killed him. Okay? 
How would you stand up for your faith like that? What if it comes to that? You know, they reopen the Astrodome and start throwing Christians to lions. And they say, worship this idol or we're going to throw you in, that, in the dome with the lions. Would you be able to stand up and say, nah, kill me? Because that's what he did. Okay, so we're looking at other ones. It's, this guy, uh, Houdins, is recorded that he was, it, this is history. This is not Bible. This is in, in other documents. But it's recorded that he was baptized by Peter, and, and who was a guest in his parents' house in Rome. Okay? And then Putin's was later martyred uh, by Nero because of his faith. Okay? <clears throat> now Linus. Oh, Linus. Linus was recorded as one of Paul's friends in Rome during his second and last imprisonment in that city. So they arrested him and imprisoned him more than once. Uh, he was one of the few, few friends who remained faithful to Paul, even when the most of the Christians had forsaken him. And Paul talks about this. We've read it how they all just left him, right? And he is listed uh, in history as a bishop of the Church of Rome uh, until his death. So he served the church until he died, okay? Now, the only mention of Claudia in the Bible occurs in this verse where Paul mentions her in his final greeting to Timothy. <clears throat> and this is while he's imprisoned in Rome still. And the only information we know about her that is, that, is that she was a Christian woman and her heart was devoted to Paul and, and to the word of God, and she knew Timothy, okay? And Paul sends a letter, uh, sends his letter from Rome where he is waiting trial by Nero, okay? And because Paul mentions sending greetings uh, from Claudia and other, other saints we've read about, uh, we can assume that Claudia was in Rome with Paul at that time, because he's, now he's writing to her, okay? And we also know that Claudia was a Christian woman um, and close to her faith and fighting for Christ's message because her relation to the other men whom Paul names, Eubulus, Pudens, and Linus, okay? They all became bishops in Rome, according to history, uh, after the apostles left, but they mention a woman with them, okay? And that's pretty significant because during that times you don't mention women and men together, Okay? So she had to have some part in this ministry, you know. She, she wasn't a bishop, we know that, but she was still there at some point serving Paul. And she probably got saved under his preaching, right? And she continues to serve. And she served in some capacity enough that he mentions her, okay? <clears throat> so let's go to 2 Timothy <clears throat> Excuse me, 4.16. 2 Timothy 4.16. Plenty of time. Second Timothy four sixteen. And the Bible says, At my first answer no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Wow, this is Paul in prison. Remember we talked about him being forsaken? We see that Paul tells us that he's isolated there, that no one stood with him, and everybody at this point has abandoned him. There's no one there with him anymore. Paul doesn't mention many people by name, by name, but he did mention Claudia among those names. And, and we know that she remained devoted to Paul throughout his imprisonment. Timothy must have known about her as well because uh, since she sends his greetings, sends her greetings with the rest of the people, okay? And we know very little else about Claudia except that she had to be a remarkable woman that was close to Paul and was serving Christ, Okay? 
She was there, and it, it was she was known for what? For her loyalty to Paul and to the Christian brothers of the church. Okay? And that's all the people we have this week. So we're getting through them. We're getting through them. And the, you see how these people are. They were only mentioned once, maybe twice, but they still had such an impact that Paul mentioned them because they were faithful to Christ. After they got saved, they served the rest of their life. Well, the only one we heard about was Demas by name that ran away and never came back. Let's pray, God. <clears throat> Dear God, I, I come to you, Lord, just thank you for this day, just to hear your word, Lord, and to open your word and look at these people, Lord, and, and maybe we can see where, where our ministry is at, Lord, and, and that, that as Paul has told us, that we should just, you know, we should soldier hard and finish our ministry, Lord. Whatever ministry you give us, Lord, I ask you just to help us be able to identify it and then and be able to pour our hearts and our minds and our time into it, Lord. And, and not for our glory, Lord, but to serve you and to spread your word, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.